good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Hebrews. We are ready to read chapter 11 now. I have just a short little story to tell. If um, there's been a little delay or a break, it's because I had... I don't know what's up with me, but I'm always goofing something up. And I lost some lessons that I had done for us, so we're redoing some, so bear with me. Nonetheless, this, this is all good. It doesn't hurt me to go over this as many times as I need to do it. Um, so like I said, we are reading in the book of Hebrews. We're ready to read chapter 11. Last time we had read, the last time we were successful, we had read chapter 10. <clears throat> and uh, Paul was uh, encouraging was encouraging us, you know, saying for like if you look at the last few verses here, for yet in a very little while he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if and if he draws back, if he draws back, my soul has no delight in him. But our way is not that of those who shrink back back to destruction but of those who believe and by this confident faith preserve the soul in other words we believe in the Lord and we rely on God and <clears throat> that you know our faith our belief saves saves our soul through Jesus through, through really through God I mean it's really all through God it's all um, it's all from him but, but we do have to believe it. We have to believe that. So, we are ready to read chapter 11. And I'm starting in verse 1, and I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now, I always think of that, you know, as I, I try to make it simple for me. You know, faith um, is when I have faith in God. I believe in something I cannot see or prove. I think I have evidence and proof, but I'm just saying I, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, that he's the son of God. But my faith in in them is not something that I can see or show you or readily prove. So, alright, so verse 2, For by this kind of faith the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, the universe, ages, were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Right, if you go back to Genesis and look at the Genesis account, you will see that God spoke everything into being. Nothing was made like we would think of being made. He spoke everything into being. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which it was testified of him that he was righteous, upright, in right standing with God. And God testified by accepting his gifts. And though he died, yet through 
this act of faith he still speaks by faith that pleased God. Okay, maybe I didn't get that right. See, Abel, even though he died, his faith still speaks. And of course, he physically died here. That doesn't mean he's dead for all time. He was righteous with God. So he is still living on. Just like we will be still living on, thanks to God. Alright, so, and though he died, yet, through this act of faith, he still speaks. Okay. Now, what, what the Hebrew writer here is, he's going to give us some examples of some old-time uh, faith and, and righteous believing, believing, beliefs, or believing in God. So these are good examples for us even today to look at. By faith that pleased God, Enoch was caught up and taken to heaven so that he would not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For even before he was taken to heaven, he received the testimony, still on record, that he had walked with God and pleased him. And that is in the Old Testament. That is back in Genesis and Notice that he was not found. His body was not found. He was taken. The only, let's see, was there, I think there's one other account of that. Um, Elijah, similarly, was taken. Um, I think some people say in a whirlwind. I forget. We, we'll get there, Lord willing. We will, we will read around and get to all that, and, and we'll go over those details. I hate to rely on my memory. <laughs> but I believe it was Elijah also that was taken in a I'm going to say in a similar fashion in that he was taken him and his body was taken now we know that Jesus took his body so so where they go when we think of going to the next step to, to heaven um, you can have or God can take the body I don't know what that's you know, I don't know if that has any special significance or, you know, if it's something that we should realize that uh, that uh, where we go beyond this life is more than just kind of a spiritual idea, but it's an actual place, that type of thing. So, you know, just something to think about. I'm not really sure. And, and maybe we're getting into what Paul would call useless speculation. So I don't want to dwell on it, but it's interesting to note that. All right. So, but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. By faith, with confidence in God and His Word, Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. By this act of obedience, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which comes by faith. You'll notice too, all, all this faith requires acts. You know, it, call, it requires action. A-C-T-S, not an axe, but acts. So that's A-C-T-S, action. It requires action um, because faith Faith does require action. When you believe in something, you're going to somehow act that belief out. So, in this case, Noah believed God, so he built an ark. And that's an extreme act of faith, if you think about it. Because it took a long time to build that big old boat. 
So, <clears throat> and maybe boat is inappropriate, but you know what I mean. It's a floating vessel. So, um, okay, verse eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeying, uh, pardon me, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went not knowing where he was going. He just followed God. God said go and he went. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the promised land as in a strange land, living in tents as nomads with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which has foundations, an eternal heavenly city, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even when she was long past the normal age for it, because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, were born as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sands as the sand on the seashore. Now this is all about Abraham and his faith, and, and Sarah too. Because they believed and trusted God and trusted his word. Verse 13. All these died in faith, guided and sustained by it, pardon me, guided and sustained by it, without receiving the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen anticipated, only having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So all of these died before, in other words, before the fulfillment of God's promise to them. And it, it they but they knew they knew this promise was for basically, I mean if you think about it, the promise to uh, Abraham and his seed and all and the heirs that's really like for an all eternity promise so I think I believe I believe they understood that so in faith you know they they understood that they were seeing parts of it they and they were anticipating the rest of it but they you know they did not actually see it all come to fruition right there because, of course, you know, Jesus hadn't come. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are looking for a country of their own. And if they had been thinking of that country from which they departed as their true home, they would have had a continuing opportunity to return. But the truth is that they were longing for a better country, that is, a heavenly one, for that reason, God is not ashamed of them or to be called their God, even to be surnamed their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for he has prepared a city for them. So see, they went and they lived in an area where basically they were nomads and strangers, but that was their, that was their promised land. They knew that was to come, and they considered that their country in a way, but they were looking for the heavenly country. They were expecting the heavenly country or the heavenly city. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, 
when he was tested, that is, as the testing of his faith was still in progress, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises of God were was ready to sacrifice his only son of promise, to whom it was said, Through Isaac your descendants shall be called. For he considered it reasonable to believe that God was able to raise Isaac even from among the dead, indeed, in the sense that he was prepared to sacrifice Isaac in obedience to God, Abraham did receive him back from the dead, figuratively speaking. So a lot of these things that are being mentioned too, and a lot of the things that occurred in the Old Testament through these men of faith, a lot of these things, and, and women of faith, a lot of these things are seeds. They are seeds planted, seeds of faith planted that came to fruition that, that were harvested, you might say, or were you know, grown and fully ripened uh, by Jesus' coming. A lot of these are seeds of faith, and this here that um, Abraham does, he offers Isaac. Now notice, that's this is a part of just following and obeying God. He offers Isaac. Now Isaac, I mean God, <laughs> pardon me. So now God, you'll notice, once once he offers him, he, he stops him and he turns him down. Now, there, but there's significance here in the offering. It is, it is not just like a, I don't know. Uh, some people say it's different things, but uh, it's it's basically a seed of faith. It's an offering that, in turn, God is going to offer the same to us, and He does in His Son Jesus. So He offers up, or you can think of it since. Jesus is God in the flesh, you can think of it as he offers himself. But nonetheless, this is a seed that then later culminates in Jesus. And Jesus offering himself and taking our sins and everything on him. So this was this is a big deal. Uh, I think sometimes we forget. But Abraham in faith offered his son to God. He was he was preparing to do do that, and he was going to do that, but God stopped him. That, you know, he needed, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say he needed, but he, he wanted, he wanted that seed planted. He wanted that offering planted. And that along with all these other acts of faith in the old, like say in the Old Testament, or, you know, however long ago you want to think of it, all those seeds you know, grew and came, you know, into into the Lord. So that's how I that's how I look at and see this. This is a seed planted, um, showing what God was going to do in return. Okay. <clears throat> so verse twenty. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau believing what God revealed to him, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and bowed in worship, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, referred to the promise of God for the exodus of the sons of Israel 
from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones in the land of the promise. Now, Joseph knew, and this was at a time when Egypt, being in Egypt, was not a problem. Joseph was, um, what, kind of like a second in command. He was, he was a very important person anyway. He was a very important person in their, in their government, in their land. So, so this is at a time when things were going well. And then later we know it went downhill. Alright, by faith, Moses, after his birth, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful and divinely favored child, and they were not afraid of the king's, Pharaoh's, decree. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter because he preferred to endure the hardship of the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He preferred to let it be known who he really was and what he was rather than to kind of hide in the riches of being like I guess he would have been counted as the grandson of Pharaoh. He considered the reproach of the Christ, that is the rebuke he would suffer for his faithful obedience to God, to be greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he looked ahead to the reward promised by God. By faith, he left Egypt, being unafraid of the wrath of the king, for he endured steadfastly as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them, the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted it, they were drowned. So all these things, I mean, some of these are miracles, but you notice they all required some sort of action and belief and trust in God. And each one of these things was a step in the right direction, a seed planted moving toward the goal of the promised land, the goal of <clears throat> the Lord Jesus and the, you know, <clears throat> the goal of the new covenant that we have now. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days by Joshua and the sons of Israel. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed along with those who were disobedient because she had welcomed the spies sent by the sons of Israel in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith, that is, with an enduring trust in God and his promises, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouth of lions, extinguished, I'm sorry, closed the mouth of lions, I think I said lions, but lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped at the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became mighty and unbeatable in battle, putting enemy forces to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured to death, refusing to accept release, offered on the condition of denying their faith, so that they would be resurrected to a better life. And others experienced the trial of mocking and scourging amid torture, and even chains and imprisonment. 
They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were lured with tempting offers to renounce their faith. They were put to death by the sword. They went about wrapped in the skins of sheep and goats, utterly destitute, oppressed, cruelly treated. People of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains, and living in caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, though they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised, because God had us in mind and had something better for us, so that these men and women of authentic faith would not be made perfect, that is, completed in him, apart from us. In other words, the plan is that we will all be made perfect together. When, when the Lord returns and takes us all to heaven, we will all be made perfect together. And that's what we're looking for. That's the ultimate fulfillment of the promise, is that when the Lord returns, I mean, because we're looking for that promise. You know, we're looking for that fulfillment. Again, to go to the promised land of heaven and to uh, for the Lord to come back and take us and to always be with him. So, that is Hebrews chapter 11. And it is all about faith and believing in God and trusting in God and believing and looking forward to that future hope, that promised hope of heaven. For us, it's, it's all about looking forward and believing and trusting that we will be with God, be with the Lord in heaven. Alright, so again, that's Hebrews chapter 11. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. The Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.